0: Glad to be back. Uh, last week we were off having some fun as a family, where we drove uh, 3,200 miles from here down to all over Utah and Arizona, uh, saw four national parks as a family, and did 35 miles of hiking in six days, which was a lot of fun, so uh, anyways, I appreciate getting to get away and have a little adventuring, And um, but I did miss you guys. I thought about you on Wednesday, so... Hey, for camp, um, I'm going to pass these around. If you want one of these, just as a reminder to sign up for camp or to talk to your parents about it, please grab one. Otherwise, you can certainly pass them down. That song, uh, You Keep Hope Alive, reminds me of a study that we did a pretty in-depth study on in college. Um, I was a history major in college, as a lot of you may know. And one of the, um, I guess emphasis I did in college was studying um, a couple things. One 1800 is the present, and the other was um, military history around the world. And in one of my military history classes, we focused on the concentration camps and all the uh, terrible things that happened in those around the world. And some of you may know, but those concentration camps in Germany during World War II started long before World War II actually started. And one of the goals that they had when they experimented with their prisoners was how to crush hope. They did a study on how to crush hope in people. And uh, what they discovered was if you ask someone to do a meaningless task day after day, the same thing over and over again, people die quickly because they don't have hope in their life. And so what they would do to their political prisoners, uh, which were like the communists, the the pro-democratic people that are really popular, some of the Christian theologians, um, some of those people that they didn't really like, gypsies, people who traveled around, um, homosexual community, they did this too as well. So anybody they didn't like, basically. And what they did was they'd have them take bricks from one side of a field and carry it across the other side of the field. And when they got done, they would carry them from that side of the field back across to this side of the field from sunup to sundown. And they did that over and over again all day long. The experiment wasn't about, obviously they weren't doing anything productive, it was just simply to see how long does it take to crush someone's spirit, because if you crush someone's spirit, they die. They lose hope. And so they discovered something that was very interesting, that the study came out years later, I can't remember, I think Himmler was the guy who did the primarily, um, kind of led the way in that nasty business, but uh, the results was that if someone didn't have faith in God, they would die within six months. But if they had faith in a single God, so the Muslims, the Christians, and the Jews, that they would live on average for seven years before they lost their hope. I thought that was really interesting in college that the professor put so much emphasis on that. He wasn't even a Christian. He admitted not being a Christian, but he said people of faith have more hope than those who do not. Because so they have someone besides themselves to put their hope in. And so I just want to encourage you. I don't, you know, I don't know if, you know why God brought that to mind, but if you're in a position today where you feel like you're struggling a little bit with hope, maybe struggling a little bit with purpose, maybe struggling a little bit with belonging, to know that if you put your trust in the Lord, there is something that he does in your life that stirs up vision, stirs up joy, stirs up hope stirs up purpose in your life. And even those in the worst of situations in the world, all across the globe, experience hope in Jesus Christ and in a singular, all-powerful God. So I hope you remember that and think about it a little bit tonight as you guys go home and go to bed. Well, I want to give a little charge, just a last-minute charge to our seniors Um I love you guys. It's always emotional a little bit for me when our seniors graduate and move on. I mean, Isaac, we were just mentioned a minute ago, he's been with me for five years. And actually, before that, I was your Sunday school teacher. So actually, we've been together for, I think, 12 years. So a good chunk of time. And uh, yeah, he gave me a run for my money, even especially as a, uh, uh, I think, second grader. I do remember that. <laughs> Uh, you, and, you and Aaron Andrews got yourselves into a lot of trouble. I had to constantly correct. <clears throat> it was kind of funny afterwards, but in the moment, I was always like, what are you doing? Anyways, I am I wish you guys well in what God has for you next. I really encourage um, those of you that are seniors to find some good Christian community. Um, when you go to MSUB, there are really good Christian communities college ministries, you know, Sarah Grace and Cozy and some of those folks. And I, Isaac, you know, again, you're certainly welcome to join those ministries. There's great ministries in town at Rocky Mountain College as well. You're welcome to go to, you don't have to go to the college you are a part of. You can actually go to either one of those ministries. They're open to everybody. So just encourage you to get involved. Um, obviously encourage you to stay involved in the church because it is important to be involved in a ministry that has people of all different ages and all different backgrounds. and You get a lot of perspective and wisdom in that. So I think it's important to be with your peers, certainly, but it's also important to have relationships with people that are in a different stage of life than you two. So I encourage you to stick with that. So my chart is kind of primary to them, but I want all of you to listen in on it. Um, this is kind of a basic talk in some ways, but I think it's, you know, r- really important. I was thinking back to my own high school graduations. I've been to a lot of graduations over the years, but I had the a friend of mine, actually, a friend of my family's was Governor Roscoe. A lot of you probably don't know him because he was pretty old. But I grew up in Helena, so I grew up around all the attorney generals and all the governors and, you know, went to school with their kids and stuff. So anyways, I was friends with uh, Governor Roscoe. He was actually one of my basketball coaches over the years, and he spoke at my high school graduation because his youngest son was graduated with me. And he also spoke at my college graduation at U of M because that's where he graduated from law school at. And um, another guy I really liked, besides his talks was a chaplain for, um, the Indianapolis Colts, who was the chaplain while Tony Dungy was the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Some of you may remember Tony Dungy, um, Peyton Manning's years, basically he was the chaplain there. And, uh, the thing that those two guys had in common, um, that some of my other speakers I've listened to didn't have in common is first of all, they both had uh, faith in God, but secondly, they, um, talked about change, like you're always going to face change in life. And people make a decision when, when they face change because when you face change in life, you have fear that comes up. And you have to decide, am I going to give in to my fear and therefore resist the change that inevitably is coming, whether you like it or not? Or am I going to embrace change and grow and learn something in the process? And that's something you face all Your entire life. Sometimes things come around the corner that um, you don't expect. Like when I mean, when Gavin was born, we had a curveball thrown at us. He had to have a bunch of surgeries, and that's not something you expect, right? I have a friend that's getting ready to have triplets, right? From Mattress King. (laughs) Sometimes things happen to you, and you're like, I was not planning for this, right? And so you got to decide, well, what am I going to do? Because change is coming at you. So you can surrender to your fears, and you can cave, and you can complain, or you can embrace. This new reality, whether it's even a bad thing or not, and learn something in the process, and allow God to grow you and to keep your eyes on Jesus. And so, I just encourage you when when change comes your way, because it's always going to be coming your way. Every day things are changing. Not to be afraid of it, but to trust in the Lord and to lean into what He's bringing, what, what thing He's bringing. The only thing that doesn't change comes out of Malachi chapter three, verse six, and the Lord says, "I, the Lord, do not change." See, the Lord is the only person literally in the universe who does not change. He's eternal. He's been around forever. And his standards never change. So he's the one consistent thing you can lean on. Everything else is going to change on you. Right? And when you get old like me, you can make fun of, somebody's going to make fun of you because, uh, you know, new computer apps or something come out and you're like, I'm lost. I don't know how to do this. while the young kids are, know what they're doing really easily, right? So sometimes when you're younger, change is easier for you. But for some people, they just refuse to change under any circumstance. So I just encourage you to embrace change, but at the same time to understand the Lord your God does not change, and you can trust in Him in any and every situation. Sounds like a lot of rain out there. I hope it's not hail. We got hailed on our hike, one of our hikes. That was kind of fun. A little adventurous. All right, so God is consistent throughout eternity, all right? There's going to be lots of transition, but God is the one reliable, consistent thing. I want you to know you can trust in him. Proverbs 4, 7 says, The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs you all you have. Get understanding, right? The beginning of wisdom is to attach yourself to the Lord. Seniors, all the days of your life. The beginning of wisdom is to attach yourself to the Lord. He will not change. He will guide you through every storm, right? Even when it feels like hail. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word, the Lord's word, is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Right? If you are not in the word of the Lord on a regular basis, God says in his word you're actually a fool because you're rejecting wisdom. His wisdom for you. Either because you're lazy and not making time for it, prioritizing other things or you're choosing to purposely avoid wisdom but either way he calls it foolish you know it's interesting god gave us the bible and we've talked about it right thousands upon thousands of christians over the years have died to bring us the gospel message obviously they believed in it gave their life for it but the lord gave it to us so that we can apply his wisdom in our lives he's not trying to hide his wisdom but yet we still have to have the discipline to actually seek it out and read his word. Right, so my, one of my kind of just common sense questions is if, if the beginning of wisdom is to seek the Lord out and the beginning of wisdom is to read the Bible, then who in their might, right mind would not want to be under the umbrella and the uh, protection of the Lord's wisdom in their life? If they truly believe that, That the beginning of wisdom is with the Lord, and the beginning of wisdom is to trust Him, and that over the Bible, the thousands upon thousands of examples He gives us for different situations in life, still relevant for today. If you believe that, then why would you not be in the Word of God? So I encourage you to read the Word. All right, Proverbs eight. I gotta find some. It says, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand, she being wisdom. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance she cries aloud, to you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all humankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Right. So again, the foolish purposely sets their hearts towards foolishness. You know, it's interesting with all the common research now, Henry uh, Cloud and John Townsend have done a lot of research on personalities and they talk about how a lot of people purposely choose foolishness over and over and over again no matter what the consequences are. That the majority of people, at least in the United States, 60% would choose foolishness no matter what the consequence. Isn't that interesting? Until... It finally gets to such a high cost they feel they have no choice but to change in a healthy manner. It's interesting. They choose essentially the path of pain out of foolishness and pride rather than to follow the wisdom of correction, wisdom of other mentors, wisdom of people who have been down the road before to avoid pain. So they purposely basically set themselves up to experience pain over and over and over again. Verse 6 continues, says, listen, For I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them are crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare to her. that interesting. That's quite the claim. Nothing you desire can compare to wisdom. That's the Lord's promise to us. That if you seek wisdom and the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord, nothing you can desire can compare to wisdom. Right? Money is important. You need it to buy things, especially if you when you move out of home, you'll find that out in a hurry. Right? But God's saying that that is nothing in comparison to wisdom. That wisdom is going to bless you in your life more than any dollar amount ever could. Right? Because wisdom protects you from pain. Wisdom is what gives you healthy relationships. Wisdom is what gives you vision for life. Wisdom is what gives you direction in every situation you face. Money can't do any of that for you. Wisdom is where you're going to have a healthy and amazing life. Right? Wisdom we see throughout other places in the scripture is found in his word, is found in good teaching, is found in doing devotions, is found actually through worship as well. is found through the Holy Spirit. It's found through the community of believers. Right? God gives us wisdom in different ways to get it. We continue in verse 12. He says, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence... I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. To love the Lord is to hate evil. Today in our culture, they want to celebrate evil in a lot of ways. The Lord says the beginning of wisdom is to hate evil and to love the Lord is to hate evil. And to hate pride and arrogance, right? My way or the highway, right? That kind of attitude. And evil behavior and perverse speech. Continues, says, counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight and power. In other words, God's saying, that. listen, I have a monopoly on counsel and sound judgment. You're going to get a lot of advice out there in the world. But if it's not grounded in the word of God, it is not wisdom. I have counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight and I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees and are just. By me, princes govern and nobles, all who rule on the earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. And with me are riches and honor and enduring wealth and prosperity. Right. So with wisdom, not with a job, not with education, with wisdom come riches, honor, wealth, and prosperity. So there's a difference between being knowledgeable, right, the data head that can answer all the trivia, and being wise. Right? Because somebody who's wise can h- figure out a really tough situation, can figure out how to navigate it, versus someone who has knowledge, just has lots of information. They're a good student, essentially. Right? You can get an, an you can A student and have knowledge, and yet be an absolute fool. Wisdom has to do with what do you do in situations, Verse 19, it says, My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. Again, wisdom blesses us beyond just money and stuff. I walk in the way of the righteousness along paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. Right? Wisdom grants a feeling of full life and of satisfaction and of joy and of purpose those who love wisdom have the most satisfaction in life it's very interesting they're at peace right continues verse 22 says the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old I was formed long ago and ages long ago at the very beginning when the world came to be when there were no oceans I was given birth when there were no signs of Abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills I was given birth, before he made the world or its fields, or any of the dust of the earth. I was there when the, when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of, face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the mountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overlap his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in the whole world and delighting in humankind. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, who listen to my instructions and be wise and do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my door, waiting in my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Right? Or the fruit of death, right? Those who wait on the Lord get his favor, right? Those who seek him out, who read his word, who come into a healthy community to get wisdom, find wisdom and find favor. Seniors, do you want favor in your life? Because if you want the Lord's favor in your life, you will seek him out. So those who fail to seek wisdom actually it's kind of a strong language, but he says, you hate the Lord, and the fruit of their life will be death. Or in other words, pain, right? They'll experience pain in their life. Joshua 1, 7-8 says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Psalm one 1-2 says, Blessed are the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but those who delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. Matthew 7:24. we talked about it in our Upon Thy Rock series recently. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock, the rock eternal. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock, Jesus. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them unto practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and they beat against the house. And it fell with a great crash. One of my favorite verses when I was in high school which I realized was a long time ago. Back in the day when I was in high school uh, was this verse that I stumbled across in Second Chronicles 16.9. Uh, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know, the Holy Spirit, we talked about him, he's omnipresent, right? He's everywhere. But he's constantly looking for people who want to partner with God who want the Lord's wisdom in their life. And when you find somebody whose mind and his heart yearns, longs for, is eager to be in a relationship with the Lord, then the Lord strengthens that person and those people. And he equips them. And he gives them wisdom. And he speaks to them. And he encourages them. You know, going back to this, to um, what I was talking about earlier in the concentration camps, one of the Of my, I guess, heroes that was in the concentration camps was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And um, he was a political prisoner because he was, uh, well, he was funding resistance to Hitler, basically. And he was also um, smuggling Jews out of the country to try to save people's lives. And he got caught. But his fellow prisoners, he ended up being executed. And uh, his fellow prisoners talked about him being the most peaceful man in prison. Like they've never seen somebody who could be in prison in a concentration camp, isolated from family, being interrogated 24 hours a day almost, and yet whenever he'd come away, they still would feed him and stuff, they wanted him to survive, they were trying to get information out of him, he was totally at peace. right? This is a man that has spent time with the Lord and had wisdom in his life, discretion in his life and understanding. So I just want to encourage you, um, make the choice to pursue wisdom. It'll change your lives. All right, so Isaac and Danae, if you want to come on up here, we're going to gather around you and pray for you. If you guys are comfortable, you can come on up here. I'm going to turn my microphone off, but um, we're just going to lay hands on them and take just a couple minutes to, to pray over them. If you're unfamiliar with this, basically all throughout the Bible, um, when people were going somewhere or needed healing or something, they put their hands on them for him. So that's what we're going to do.